If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer, the greatest tag team wrestler of all time, Bully Ray and I talk all about AEW and NXT from last night. AEW, more of a a fun, quirky type show. And then NXT wall-to-wall wrestling. Two different shows, but Bully and I talk about how both shows extremely entertaining. Also, we talk to Tommy Dreamer. That's right, the innovator of violence. The landlord of the house of hardcore joins the show. And also, when it comes to AEW and NXT, you know, some things that we think are really clicking and working and some things that might be falling a little flat. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. Even though uh, we have WrestleMania week and we have it over two nights on Saturday and Sunday. And then yesterday, if you missed the show, we had Drew McIntyre on who's going to be challenging Brock Lesnar for that WWE championship this weekend. It's kind of weird in a way that a lot of the conversation here on Busted Open hasn't really been centered on WrestleMania like we usually do uh, on a WrestleMania week. And a lot of it probably has to do with the fact that, you know, we're usually on site where WrestleMania is going to be. Last year was our 10-year anniversary, so there was a lot of talk about that. And this year, you know, supposedly supposed to be in Tampa But unfortunately, because of the circumstances, we're all going to be home watching WrestleMania. So maybe that has something to do with it. But, you know, coming off of this great series, Dark Side of the Ring, we've had a lot of conversations last week with the Chris Benoit episode and still a lot of chatter, not only on Busted Open, but on social media about the New Jack episode. Very, very eye-opening amazing episode just crazy episode when you think about it I actually had to rewatch it again yesterday and so there's been a lot of talk about dark side of the ring and then here we are on a Thursday edition of busted open and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversation about what took place yesterday with NXT and AEW and AEW and we'll get into the pros and cons, and and I think a, a, a underlining theme when we speak about the Wednesday Night War um, when it comes to AEW and NXT, Bully said it great yesterday, and the fact that nobody's wrong in this situation. Everybody's just trying to adapt to what's going on. Uh, AEW does it one way, NXT does it another way, but they're doing their best to give you an entertaining product. So, Obviously, we can be critical about what's going on in the ring, and 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 Bully does a great job. If you know, if he had the pencil of maybe trying to improve some things, but we're not going to knock NXT or AEW by what they're trying to do to entertain us because they are doing their best to do it. And if you look at AEW and NXT from last night, they tried to do it in different ways. NXT went to their standby, which has been what they have done since October. 
which is just wall-to-wall wrestling, and we got that last night. That was a pro wrestling show when it came to NXT, which is usually what we say on Thursday mornings when we talk about Wednesday night. AEW, even though they don't have the crowd, you have to talk about the crowd, and not even in a negative way that there is no crowd. The fact that, once again, they had their wrestlers around the ring, and a lot of people were critical about the way they did it the last time. Come on, social distancing. They shouldn't have the wrestlers, even though in that, in that type of a capacity, that close to one another. So what did they do last night? They had their wrestlers practicing social distancing. They had them six feet apart. And I thought it was very, very entertaining the way they did that. I love the way that their wrestlers, just like the last time, were interacting. And it felt watching AEW that there was actually a crowd because you didn't have the silence. You had a lot of yelling. You had a lot of screaming. You had a lot of talking in the background. So it felt, even though in a much, much condensed, smaller way, that there was a crowd for AEW last night. With NXT, again, focused on the wrestling. Um, did not have that crowd. Didn't even have the wrestlers. So, you know, the silence was deafening. And we'll get into especially in that main event. You could really feel the fact that there was no crowd. In the gauntlet match especially, you really had to, man, I wish there was a crowd for this match. So, AEW did a good job of distracting you that there wasn't a crowd. And I think with NXT, you really felt that there was no crowd last night. I think it was kind of a cloud that hung over that show last night. But again, AEW and NXT, when you look at it, they did what they do best. And I thought they really thrived. One other thing that I want to point out, and it was such a feel-good moment. Because honestly, in the last... You know, three weeks, we haven't had a lot of feel-good moments with everything that's going on in real life, what's going on in our world right now. Man, It, I felt so good and so excited last night with Sam Roberts doing the color commentary for NXT. You know, Sam Roberts, a, a very good friend of mine, Sam Roberts, who's been a guest on this show many, many times. This was a dream come true for him last night. And hearing him on commentary for NXT was such a thrill. I mean, we have to talk to Sam Roberts at some point. I know it's difficult because we're on the same time. We're we're taping this show the same time that he does his show, the Jim and Sam show on Sirius XM. But he, did, I thought, did a wonderful job on commentary. Kept it light, kept it entertaining, kept it funny. And that's a, a bit of an element to NXT that's been missing, you know, like you, you have Mora, who's an amazing play-by-play announcer. You know, I love his catchphrases. Uh, he does a tremendous job. Nigel McGinnis, Beth Phoenix, they do a great job on commentary, but it is completely focused on the pro wrestling. It was kind of fun to have a personality doing the commentating that kept it light, kept it funny, kept it entertaining. And I thought Sam Roberts did an excellent job last night on commentary. And speaking of commentary, Cody Rhodes got a lot of flack last week. Some of it I thought was unjust in his commentary on AEW. I thought he did a very good job on commentary last night. Uh, very, very improved. I Cole Cabana. And Cole Cabana, we've seen Cole Cabana do commentary on Ring of Honor in the past. Cole Cabana was 
fantastic last night on AEW. And, you know, we'll get into this with Tommy. We'll get into this with Bully later on in the show because I really want to get their takes on what I thought was two very, very different shows last night. NXT, you know, with the exception of Sam Roberts on commentary, very, very serious. Uh, Wall-to-wall wrestling. And really surprisingly for me, the, the fact that it really wasn't WrestleMania-centric. I thought that last night's show, being that it is... I mean, I can't. I guess you can't really call it the go-home NXT for WrestleMania weekend because there's no NXT TakeOver and, you know, there's not a big presence on WrestleMania. But, you know, with Rhea Ripley, I thought that last night's show is going to be heavy on Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And that wasn't, that wasn't the case last night. As a matter of fact, WWE backstage from Tuesday night was more Charlotte and Rhea Ripley-centric than what we saw on NXT. I was very, very surprised at that, especially that we're this close, just days away from WrestleMania 36 because one of the big matches for WrestleMania 36 is that match between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. And then the other thing with AEW, they really, really did keep it light. Um, there was some some really good wrestling, but they they obviously their goal was to just make it a fun and entertaining show. And I really thought if you talk about putting smiles on people's faces, uh, AEW did a tremendous job. WrestleMania 36 is finally here and Busted Open has got you covered this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern with our WrestleMania pre-show. Dave LaGreca and WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray will get you ready for the biggest pro wrestling event of the year from returning legends to NXT challengers who will come out on top. It's Busted Open's WrestleMania 36 pre-show only on Sirius XM Fight Nation, channel 156. My brother from another mother, the innovator of violence, the landlord of the House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer. Tommy, how are you, man? Good morning, bud. What's going on? I'm, dude, I am I, I'm excited to talk to you. After watching AEW and NXT last night, I actually went back and watched your match with Sammy Callahan uh, from Impact Wrestling Tuesday night. Awesome match. You and Sammy have... Really, really good chemistry together, for sure. Yeah, uh, I really, really liked it. And um, I uh, I loved my, and I'll post it later and tag the company, but uh, I liked my great mood at Hulk Hogan spot where I ran down the apron, I mean the aisle, <laughs> and yeah. I hit him with a uh, trash can, and he bumped into the ring. Then I did the great mood missed. That was from when the great mood wrestled Hulk Hogan. And uh, Hogan took the moved to the great ramp run. My ramp wasn't as big, but the ladies seemed to like it. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk about yesterday um, when we were talking about, like, because you know, I was really thinking about it, because at times I watching the New Jack and uh, stuff and listening to uh, on social media, like, people can't comprehend some of the things that, you know, wrestlers do. Um, or did to get something over an angle um, for, and like, I, I was like, man, we sound like complete crazy people, which we are. I mean, if you think about the times, and, you know, we've said this before, the only thing that's going on really live is professional wrestling. And 
you know, it, there's so much. Even my mother's like, there's so much wrestling on lately. And I'm like, yeah, she's kind of right. And she doesn't really follow wrestling. Um, back in the day, you know, uh, uh, we'll talk about as simple as, you know, kayfabe or, you know, when I used to pile drive anybody, a girl, they used to wear this neck brace. Beulah wore this neck brace all the time in the summer. Um, the only time she was allowed to take it off was in a hotel room or um, when we're in the car driving to an event. The moment we stopped out, and this we weren't like there was no internet around. There was no... Um, it was really word of mouth. And the only... When we stopped to use like a restroom, she had to go and put it back on, and she hated it. And like every girl that I pile drove had to do that. Like they used to pass along the uh, neck brace, and it was like a rite of passage in the sense of, oh, I hate this thing. Um, you know the the famous angle where the you know the junkyard dog with the the blinding of the junkyard dog with Michael Hayes, and yep. you know junkyard dog acted like he was blind. Sandman did the same thing when I blinded him. And we were literally just on uh, syndicated television in Philadelphia. And if there was, you know, when we shot this, he did it like the very next day. It wasn't even live television. Um, and I'm just thinking of things like, you know, to go to the extreme, no pun intended, but like back in the day, and or even, like, I remember Mick Foley he wanted to bust me open and we joke about it. He wrote about it where he was punching me in my face and hitting me so hard. And I'm letting a human being punch me in my face so I could bleed. Um, and to the point where I literally I was on my knees and I go, can you just please stop punching me? Because it wasn't working. <laughs> um, and you've seen like, you know, Vader would, would there's, places on your face that could easily get busted open. Um, and then like, I'm also thinking of like most extreme cases too. It was cause I just watched it and I was like, Oh look, I'm not as crazy as I think I am. Uh, I just watched, like I said, Ric Flair, Greg Valentine jump Roddy Piper and they rubbed his face into the cement. Uh, there was a famous one we did with Ricky Morton and to get this effect of your face was beat up or you were beat up in a parking lot. You would just lay there and wrestlers would take sandpaper. And I don't know if people know what sandpaper is because now you have that machine that does it. And a wrestler would sandpaper your face a few times. It hurt like hell because I did it and I couldn't take it. But, um, I watched, they did it and then they showed the, the, the clip or they show, here comes the wrestler uh, the next week and their face is all messed up because someone took sandpaper and rubbed their face with it a few times to get an angle over. And like, if you think about now, they would just use makeup and I have used makeup uh, to show that I've been beat up or fake blood. But honestly, like, if you think about someone's going to say, hey, let's get something over that's just going to air in, you know, Philadelphia or air in the Carolinas, and you're going to put, uh, hold me down. And it wasn't like there was people fighting to do this. 
like in the sense of like, yeah, let's just sandpaper my face. That was a normal thing. So, you know, we are crazy, but it's just the lengths that wrestlers would go to to entertain people and make people believe. And, and yeah, and, and I think that's the nuts. biggest word is believe, Tommy. It's, I, I think believe is the biggest term because I'm, I have a collection of DVDs that I made from like my old VCR tapes and from tape trading and like when I used to order it in at, from the pen pal section and wrestling review. I have 35 volumes of the best of Ric Flair. And one of the DVDs is from 1978, the, the Flair Steamboat feud. And it's just the whole DVD is just that whole story that played out on Mid-Atlantic Wrestling. And, you know, Flair did the same thing with Steamboat, you know, dragged his his face on the concrete. And then reading Flair's book, he said, just like you said, they Harley Race had David Crockett go out and get sandpaper and they sandpapered his face in the locker room. They basically said, you know, grip, grit your teeth because we're, you know, they sandpapered above his eye and they did that. So when steamboat would go and buy a gallon of gas, the gas attendant would be like, Oh my God, they really do beat the shit out of each other. And, and people would believe. Yes. And no actor would do that. I don't think any, you know, athlete would do that to get something over. Uh, Ronnie Locke cut off his finger. You know, that was bothering him, so he needed to continue. He had to amputate his, his finger. But um, that, that happened in the off-season, by the way. There was always a, a big lore about that. But um, it just kind of, like, fascinated me of to the degree of, you know, old-school wrestlers. And I think we kind of, at times, it's stupid. <laughs> it really is. Like, I remember when I went to the WWE, and i that was the first time I ever used fake barbed wire. And I was just like, whoa, this doesn't hurt as much. It still hurt, but it didn't, like, diving into real barbed wire. Because people sent pictures of me in barbed wire, all this stuff. And, you know, because I was watching, you know, again, the New Jack thing with, and we discussed it a little bit yesterday with, you know, having another person cut you if you didn't know how to do it. That's like, you know, you're asking a, a someone who's not a surgeon to, you know, cut you. And it was just, it, the lifestyle was just nuts because people were um, just, I, I just can't like fathom some of the things they do. Even when you were bleeding internally, someone would either, one, you would, they would take blood out of your own arm and put it in a condom and then you do it. Or you would gig yourself in your forehead so much and you would just like hold the condom to your head and be like, Oh, that's enough. Mix it a little, a little water. And you know, now you have your own blood, but instead of like just making fake blood and, um, it's just, we're nuts. The business has changed, but like, I, I think of, you know, like for with the new Jack dives or when I used to get chokeslammed off of things, there was no stunt coordinators. There was no people. And there's a lot of that not still goes on. I mean, nobody really jumps from high places like Shane McMahon. But when Shane does, he literally climbs to the top of a cage, jumps off, and it's like, oh, I better hit this target. Because if not, I'm wiping out on the concrete. You don't see that on a movie set. You don't see that, 
anywhere else. And it's, you know, we're about to see WrestleMania, which would be, you know, two nights of this great wrestling action. The card is a stacked card. You wish that there were fans there because the emotion of it, I think it would be kind of like WrestleMania last year where they're going to get exhausted. But maybe this could lead to two nights of WrestleMania uh, moving forward. But, I don't know, yeah, I guess you can because you just have two nights of the fans being there. But uh, wrestling in front of no people uh, is super-duper hard. And going out there and still making people believe in 2020 when we have, you know, shows like this, you have the internet, is the length that the men and women go to, especially during these times. I mean, besides just, hey, they're leaving their house to go and entertain when other people, because I'm about to be faced that, to, hey, I got to go do the screen pack wrestling. And I have absolutely no reserve in doing it. I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll be fine. I'm a hardcore wrestler. I also eat food <laughs> out of the garbage. I'm mature, I think. But, um, it's, it's always and always will be the show goes on, which is nuts. But I just wanted to really talk about that and like the sandpaper, because I remember I was like this good-looking kid that even when I started growing goatee, because ECW at first, like we were just doing two, we would come back every two weeks and I hated my goatee because I liked, uh, I thought I was better looking and wanted to always go and meet the ladies. And I used to never have my goatee. So I would shave off my goatee for the weekend to go, you know, party, would do whatever, pick up girls. And then quickly in about 10 days, I would know, like, I had to start growing this bad boy back. So uh, it was like, that was my length of. And I also didn't want people to recognize me because at first, like, I was delivering pizza when here I am being this professional wrestler and I'm delivering pizza. So, like, my goatee would change my face. So, and you didn't want people to think you had a real job. So, that was all. We were just crazy. Yeah, making Everybody. a believe. And, 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 you know, like, listening to you talk, Tommy, it's, and, and a lot of our, our nation members are probably thinking, oh, yeah, that's what they did, you know. 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago, but it was just a couple of years ago in Brooklyn at SummerSlam that Brock Lesnar took his elbow and smashed it into Randy Orton's head above his eye, cracked his head open, and had him bleed. So, like, you know, it's it's not like it's... There are times it still goes on today. Correct. And you look at, you know, if you you want to talk about where we're at. And I'm in, like I said, I'm really enjoying this period for pro wrestling. And, and a lot of people are talking about the, the cream of the crop is rising um, to the top because the stars are able to captivate an audience and speak. And when you're able to do things like that, or you're able and willing to go above and beyond. And I'm listening to it. Like I said, in other Sports, like we're always, you hear like these heroic moments in sports. If it was a game, if it was, because uh, I just watched the Knicks World Championship with Willis Reed, and where he walked out on the court and he played a full game in the championship game uh, with a completely blown out knee, and he just like taped it up. And he said he was sitting in the locker room and 
he was hurt. He could move a little bit. And he said, I know one day this is going to come to an end and I'm going to be fishing and say, man, why didn't I play? And like, I was thinking of our own bully Ray for ECW's first ever pay-per-view. We literally cut his cast off to wrestle. And now he has, he walks with like his foot goes one way. That's also, there's a lot of weight on it, but his foot goes one way because he cut off his cast. He wasn't medically cleared to wrestle. So if you go back and you watch that match that he had with the eliminators, it's because he wanted to do that. You could not wrestle today. You would not be medically cleared. But people did stuff like that. Even you go back and you watch November to remember, I wore a walking boot that a podiatrist gave me from who was Raven's roommate. And I wrestled Rob Van Dam in a war and... I had broken my heel. I was supposed to take so much time off and I didn't miss a beat. I literally didn't miss one show. Uh, I watched that Finn Balor segment. And when Finn Balor said I got hurt, I tore my pec, my shoulder and my bicep. And I was like, Oh, I have that. And I wear the scar of it, but I've never had surgery. I missed two weeks of shows and just kept wrestling. It was like, and I think of how stupid it was also because like now I have this gigantic hole. I got some big ass man titties and I'm starting to get atrophy because I never got it fixed. But for me, the show had to go on. I had to go out there and I, you know, or even when I broke my neck and my back, I would be laying on the floor cause I couldn't walk. The people would pick me up and push me out the curtain. And then Tommy dreamer would kick in. And I wish Tommy I, I, dreamer could kick in this morning. Cause I, I feel like crap and I'm not wrestling. So, that's all I just want to say. Like what wrestlers, men and women did to entertain the people doesn't make, because that's all we knew. So that's all. You know what? And I, and we appreciate, believe me, us fans appreciate it. I, I, I know, I, oh, was, I know, you know, you know, we appreciate what you do. And, and, and I just remember, and, and when you were talking about and telling that story about Willis Reed, I remember Shannon Sharp telling me once that at night when he's in bed at night, um, and you know, the lights are out and it's dark and every, and everything's quiet and he's lying in bed. He's not thinking of the Super Bowl victories. He's thinking of the games he missed and the losses. And I think that like all athletes have a certain mindset and it's probably would be Tommy, if you missed a big match or you missed a match on a pay-per-view, you know, 20, 30 years later, you, that's probably what you would think about over, uh, you know, a big match that you had or a great moment. I, I, I think athletes just think in those terms. You know, it's it's funny. I was watching the Mets uh, Astros uh, documentary and um, they had uh, this guy, Billy Hatcher, who hits uh, a home run and they asked him what it was, like, well, how was he feeling? And he was, to be honest, I was scared. He, because, he said, because I felt like I was in a dream. This is all I ever wanted to do. I hit a home run. He goes, but as I'm, he goes, the building is shaking. And I'm saying to myself, is this really happening? And he goes, and like the announcers, or as Bob Costas, and I forgot the other guy, they're like, scary. He goes, you can't hear yourself think, man. He goes, I'm rounding the bases. My heart is at a next level. Mark Henry on backstage, when he's talking about Undertaker, he's like, you're 
two feet away from the undertaker and the building is shaking. And Mark Henry said, I was scared. And this is Mark Henry. He goes, you can't hear yourself think. And you're like, wow, this is next level for me. I remember when I first went to WWE and the whole Alliance thing and we turned out and then here came Steve Austin when his music hit and that pop, I remember feeling that the ring went left, right, like an earthquake. And it was just this. And what I always say, it's this addictive drug, this adrenaline, because it was next level. And I was like, oh, my God, because I never felt that coming from ECW because we didn't have venues that were that big. Or, you know, when you're out there with when the rocks music used to hit and, and Bully can tell you if, you if you continue to talk about this, it, there, there was always like pops and then there was mega pops where you literally, you know, if you if you go back and watch old sports, you'll see the cameras moving and, like, because the building's shaking when it, your home team wins. And so many wrestlers got to ex- get to experience that, and they live for that pop. Now why WrestleMania is so special, so that pop's not going to be there, and they're trying to pop the people while you're sitting in your, in your home. And I love all those videos when people would, and I want to see a video like that, and I think this WrestleMania is because you can't even have parties for WrestleMania, you know? You're just going to sit home and pop. And so many fans are going to, I want to say, not let that moment go by. But for wrestlers, it's it's special. That's it. Tommy... Tommy, awesome. I'm so glad you've been calling in. Thank you so much. Um, I appreciate it. I think the stories that you just shared were phenomenal, and and always great to get that other side and that perspective. I really appreciate it, man. Have a good one. I appreciate the phone call. See you tomorrow. Sirius XM's got a new podcast series getting you ready for the upcoming NFL Draft. With the first pick. Hosted by NFL Radio's Bruce Murray. Each episode focuses on a specific position and features in-depth analysis and interviews with top prospects. Right now, you can check out our wide receiver episode, which showcases conversations with Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and more. New episodes drop every Monday leading up to the NFL Draft. Just download the Sirius XM app, search NFL Draft Previews, and enjoy. The greatest tag team wrestler of all time, the one and only Bully Ray. Bully, how the hell are you, man? Well, you know, I know how people's brains can be scrambled because they get hit in the head too much. I'm a perfect candidate of that. But I think Tommy's brains are scrambled because his fat cells are migrating north into his brain. Seriously, he got the story wrong. I didn't cut off my cast to be on the first match of the pay-per-view. I shattered my ankle in the first match of the barely legal pay-per-view. Now, I will agree with Tommy that there probably was a little too much weight on that ankle at the time. (laughs) 402 worth, okay? But I shattered my ankle in the first match of barely legal. It wasn't until about a week later that I cut the cast off and started wrestling again on a shattered ankle and consequently used the same walking boot that Tommy had used earlier that Tommy had gotten from Raven. So one walking boot went from Raven, so it was riddled with drugs, to Tommy, it was riddled with with fat cells, to me, 
and it was riddled with more fat cells. And that's my story. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Thursday. Glad we're still alive. I'm, gl- I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you uh, smartened this up to what Tommy was saying. Um, man, you know it's 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 crazy in the way, bully. But and you know, obviously, everything that's going on that's that's going to be an underlining theme in the world with everything that's taking place. But you know, usually this week, this is travel day for us on busted open this would be the time where as soon as we would sign off we would drive to the airport hop on a plane and head to the site of wrestlemania that is basically for me getting up from my room here and walking to my living room where i'm going to watch wrestlemania 36 uh on saturday and sunday but it also feels weird, too, in that a lot of the conversations we've had this week hasn't been centered around WrestleMania. Yes, we talked to Drew McIntyre yesterday, but we talked a lot about Dark Side of the Ring. And today we're going to be talking about AEW and NXT. Usually this time of year, it's wall-to-wall WrestleMania talk. But again, there's so much going on in our world that even WrestleMania isn't 100% of what we're talking about here on Busted Open. Well, when it comes to the WWE, especially with Raw and SmackDown right now, I don't think anything earth-shattering is going on. I mean, we're getting a couple of gems like we got on Raw. We got four promos that were gems that we talked about. But for the most part, I think they're staying the course. You know, this whole situation has hit. They, they've they gone into damage, you know, damage mode. They're doing the absolute best that they can. And once again, I will give the WWE props and AEW props for doing anything and everything that they can to continue to work within the confines of, of the law or the rules of, or the CDC regulations or whatever it is out there and still continue to bring us sports and entertainment on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Kudos to the companies, kudos and, 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 and mad props to all the guys and gals out there busting their asses for our entertainment. Um, I appreciate them. I know fans appreciate them. Uh, If it wasn't for pro wrestling right now, Dave, what would we be watching? I can only take so much more of the news. Yeah, you you need a break. You need an escape. And that's why, like, you know, there is the big controversy of should this be going on? Why is there continuing to be wrestling? You know, you you talk about the necessities of of life right now and what we're dealing with and how we're getting through it. Entertainment is a big, big part of that right now, Bully. And when there are no sports going on, and there's reasons for it. You know, like, you know, hockey team, there's several people on a team. Same thing with all the sports. With pro wrestling, you could limit the amount of people that are in that building, obviously limit the amount of people that are in that ring. And, you know, that this is something that thankfully can continue and goes on. Right now, pro wrestling is something that is entertaining people because, Bully, you're right. You, you We're living with this virus, but you can't live with it 24-7. You need some distractions to get you through today. And pro wrestling is the only form of sports entertainment that we can count on right now. For me personally, when I turn on the TV, I'm a news guy. I enjoy watching uh, politics. I watch all the different, uh, you know, mainstream media shows, and I don't watch it so much for for hard, cold fact in information. I watch it because I enjoy the work. 
because mainstream media is a complete work depending on what they want to feed you. It's kind of like a pro wrestling match. You almost know that what you're seeing is not exactly quote unquote real, but how much you're going to actually buy into it. So I enjoy watching politics for that for that matter. So I'm glued to the TV to see what's really going on out there in the world, especially modern times with, you know, with the Black Plague. And uh, it's either the news or wrestling. There's really nothing else on for me. The other day I did watch that ZZ Top documentary, which I enjoyed very, very much. Big fan of ZZ Top. So the only time I'm being pulled away from the reality of what's going on out there is pro wrestling. And I'm thankful for it. And I'm proud of the pro wrestling business. And I'm proud of the wrestlers that are still out there, you know, doing whatever it takes to keep pro wrestling fans entertained. I don't know how you you don't tip the cap to them. And I, and I want to read you something, Dave, because I want to get your take on it. I read this last night on the old Twitter machine. So here's the, here's the tweet. It says, seriously, these guys still wrestling is absolutely ridiculous. There is seriously no point to it. Not one. It is way beyond irresponsible and displays an unfathomable level of immaturity. Just flat out stupid. What do you think of that? What's your take on that? I think it's too extreme. If you want to leave it open ended, if you're if you're questioning the fact that it's still taking place, like, you know, hey, help me help me understand this. Why is this still going on with social distancing? How can we still have professional wrestling? All right. I can understand that when you're that definitive and you're calling it immature and you're using that type of language to describe it. I I can't get on board with it. If you want to question it, I can totally understand it. I think right now with everything that's going on, there should be a lot of questions, but also trying to understand things. But to make a statement that definitive, I can't get on board with it, Bully. I mean, when you watch AEW, when you watch NXT, Raw or SmackDown, we could pretty much beyond assume, I think it's reasonable to believe that anybody that you see on that screen at any given moment is 100% healthy, yes? Yes. Not presenting any symptoms, not, not, not having even the slightest of temperatures. I don't think WWE or AEW are taking any risks in this situation. Like, if a re- what's a regular temperature, Dave? 98.7? Like, the last yeah. time you put the thermometer up your butt, what did it read? <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was 98.4. Do you normally stick it in your butt, or does Violetta do it for you? I don't. Uh, and she doesn't. So Violetta uh, does it for you. I'm not. I'm not five years old, bully. <laughs> David, come here. Time for temperature. <laughs> so if that's I'm your sh- thing, that's <laughs> fine. But I usually do it uh, oral. There you go. No. Okay, I'll keep that in mind for the next time. Um, So, like, I bet you that if anybody even walks into those arenas or gets close to those arenas who has even a slightly elevated temperature, they're like, nope, can't do it. Because I'm I'm sure they don't want any of the backlash. Listen, can a mistake happen? Absolutely. So we have this social distancing in place, and we have all of these precautions in place. And if AEW and WWE as companies are adhering to the to the precautions if the venues 
that they are holding their shows in are adhering to the precautions. If the wrestlers are adhering to the precautions and across the board, we're 99% sure that everybody's okay, why not carry on? I don't get it. How is it immature? How is it irresponsible? If 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 the government and local um, local you know uh, states or governors or mayors are saying okay, no more than ten people in one place at no at one time, no more than thirty people in one place at one time, and you see the two companies adhering to the rules. Why would, how is that? Actually, that's kind of responsible. What would be irresponsible is allowing fans into the arena. What would be irresponsible is if um, AEW decided to do what they did like that first week and let all the boys go out there. I'm sure they're actually counting heads and going, all right, listen, if we're only allowed 30 people in one place at one time, we'll have 28. So I don't get why people, and, and I'm sure I'm going to get, bombarded from the people that you say are on the uh, on the other side of this and dude i'm doing everything i know personally i'm doing anything and everything i possibly can to take the proper you know safety precautions the health precautions uh, dave legitimately i have i burned my knuckles the knuck, the knuckles on both hands are burned from the hand sanitizer i put too much hand sanitizer on now and I and I'm I'm a germ guy. I never shake hands. I'm a fist bump guy. You know that. Yeah. But now I've been trying to be so careful between washing the hands and the hand sanitizer. And I have to go out of my house at like once a day to take care of some things, you know, family wise. So if if, I, if I'm in public, I had so much hand sanitizer on now, I burn my knuckles. Yeah. I know I, you burn your knuckles too, going. but a completely different reason. Hey everybody, your old pal Tony Bruno here, and starting on Monday, April 6th, I'll be bringing back the Tony Bruno Show to Sirius XM Radio Channel 211. We'll do the normal sports stuff, we'll cover everything that you need to know, and we'll deal with pop culture, music, travel, the interviews, energetic laughter. Harry Mays and I are going to be bringing the approachable style that's guaranteed to make you laugh and appreciate life. Listen to the Tony Bruno Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Starting Monday, April 6th on Dan Patrick Radio, Sirius XM Channel 211, and on the Sirius XM app. I want to give props to our good friend, uh, Sam Roberts, who, like, lived out a dream last night. He was all over social media. He got the opportunity to do the color commentary for NXT. And, you know, he was the one aspect of the show last night, Bully, that had a little of that entertaining, fun you know, toss in it like a little he was a good mix of what we were seeing because I agree with you. It seemed like the presentation to NXT last night was a little bit cold wall to wall wrestling, great wrestling action. He was that one little piece of the puzzle that I thought was kind of fun and entertaining last night. What did you think of Sam Roberts job? I, I, I will agree that he was the only thing that was different about the NXT show. So anything different that I'm getting right now helps. So, you know, hey, Sam's a good friend of the show. He's a good dude. Uh, did a good job. He's always worked with them. He probably could have healed people a little bit more and stayed true to his character. That You know what? That's funny. It's, but he was kind of like that. He was making some jokes and some one-liners and stuff. He was kind of like uh, NXT's version of Jerry the King Lawler last night. With a little more in-depth analysis, by the way, for Sam. I think you got to one-up him. I think you got to find your way onto commentary on NXT or even AEW. 
That will never happen. Um, I don't think they would ever give me the opportunity. Maybe Tommy might let me do some commentary for House of Hardcore. Sure. Why not? Just show up whatever you want. I don't care. I would do. I don't. Care I would do that. Anything. Tommy would do that for me. I think. I think. You of know, course. If we ever get a, if we ever get to the other side of this thing, maybe that will happen. No. No, we're not getting to the other side of this. No, this is real. This is our life. For <laughs> was, this is our life from here on out. It's so, it's so depressing because the day uh, just be, the day before shit hit the fan bully, our good friend uh, Snake Zabo and I had a conversation, and he was he's going on a big tour. It's like it was a big summer package. It was Skid Row, Slaughter, Cinderella, and Rat were going on this big tour. You know. And Snake said, hey, man, all the, you know, the Northeast states like Connecticut, Jersey and New York, he goes, I'd really love it if you came out on stage and introduced us. And I was like, man, are you kidding me, dude? He's like, yeah, I think that'd be awesome. You go up on stage. I go, I would love to do that. He goes, dude. Let's do it, man. Tour's starting up, man. Summer tour. I'm like, oh, man, this is like a dream come true for me. And then like less than 12 hours later is when shit hit the fan. Just my luck, man. That is what you call a heat spot. That's what you you bring the fans up as. He's like, let me do this guy a favor. Yeah. Actually, (laughs) would you like to know a secret? Oh, boy. Here we go. Go ahead. (laughs) Why are you laughing? I told him. I I told him to do it. (laughs) Yeah, you sure you did, you bastard. Son of a bitch. Uh, taking the wind out of your sails if taking the wind out of your sails was an olympic sport i'd win gold (laughs) silver and bronze (laughs) i don't know you probably listen we got to talk about actual wrestling come on man we got okay all right we got got a lot of good wrestling you know why because you're a distraction that's why you bring up the stuff you know you call sam and then you threw up no i'm i'm not the whole i wasn't the one who was marking out for myself talking about oh snake sabo called me i want to introduce me blah 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 blah. by the way how about last night where you you between you and tommy every morning if you guys were a street you'd be named one way all right, here, here. Did you see? There were some Lagreca heads on the show last night. I was, I was telling. I actually tweeted out. You know, the one thing I miss is the lack of Lagreca heads. And then they showed that John Moxley, you know, uh, piece. And then they showed, and there was two Lagreca heads in the audience. I'm like, yes. Even during this virus, there's Lagreca heads on the show. Yeah, yeah. You're such a mark. Ah, LaGreca so wins. Funny. Even during the Black Plague, LaGreca wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Vince Neil was the show. singer of the Black Plague, remember? Yes, that's right. And it didn't end well. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> didn't end. Hopefully, this will be a lot po- more of a positive end for everybody, Bully. Bobby uh, Black. Bobby Black didn't make it. <laughs> No, he he did not. But, you know, he went out on stage, which is, you know, Bobby, you know, Bobby always wanted to go out that way. He went out on stage, but I digress. All right. So AEW and NXT from last night. I agree with you. AEW was a lot more fun. I love that they practice social distancing and even the wrestlers that are outside the ring were, you know, a good six, seven feet, you know, distance between them. I agree with you. Even though it's just a small amount of voices, it's still voices. So that during the matches, you're getting some chatter, you're getting some screaming, you're getting some booing, you're getting some yelling. Uh, I, I I loved it. And they did it 
before a few weeks ago, obviously had to change that bully because even more important of the social distancing and the lack of people. But even those those few voices made a big, big difference. You mentioned the main event from NXT last night, which was a great main event. It that that main event reminded me of what's going on right now because it was not only the silence that was deafening, it was the echo through the venue when you heard the slams and you you know those bodies hitting the mat and you hear that echo throughout the event. It was it was eerie and that silence was deafening. But on AEW, it was a bit of a pick me up. It put a smile to my face and it was entertaining. Do you agree? It's it's kind of you just kind of uh, expounded on what I said earlier. Just those dozen people out there made a difference. It's just enough of sound to make me think there's something else going on other than the match in the ring. The match in the ring is really good, whether that was you know Kenny versus Trent or you know the tag match to finish the show. So now I got some sound outside with 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 NXT. Yeah, the matches are really strong, but like you said, it's it's very cold. The sound echoes through the arena. You're almost waiting for it. Almost it's almost feels like you're waiting for for a pop. I, when when Shotzi Blackheart hit her senton on Diana Perrazzo and got the one two three, it's like it's almost like Shotzi popped up instinctually to kind of acknowledge the fans, and then there was no sound. It was crazy. It, it, that that one second in time kind of spoke volumes to me about how, man, there's nobody making any noise here. So, um, you know, I, I, I want to get your take on something, though, because something's been kind of not bothering me, but it's kind of sitting with me a little bit. And I, and I think I might need a little therapy. OK, go ahead. How are you feeling about this whole exalted one thing so far? Um, wow, that's a great question because it's, I, I, I do like it. Um, and I, but I'm expecting more. It's almost like I'm getting little pieces of it. Um, and I'm not sure of what direction they're going in with it, but I, I, I can't say I dislike it, but I can't say I love it. I like it, but I, I, I feel like I, I need to see more of it to really, understand the direction that they're going in that's too safe of an answer based on what you've seen so far okay let me let me let me make here are we to believe that this whole exalted one angle story creation of a character was just to take shots at vince mcmahon so far what you've seen from the exalted one let's not say the dark order just the exalted one what do you think so far i i think you may be right the center of it all it seems to be like building this character that's like this vince mcmahon spinoff so this is a way where we can kind of take some shots and jabs at the wwe and I understand the direction that you're going in with these questions because I really liked it last week because I thought it was fun. And I thought it was funny. And we actually laughed about it when we talked about it on Thursday morning last week. But they decided to go down that road again last night. 
Now, you saw him in the ring, and you saw what he did in the ring, and so it's almost like you're seeing two characters in this. There's the one that you got to buy into as the exalted one, and then there's this guy who's the parody of Vince McMahon. I think they should have left it alone last week, had a little fun with it, made a couple of pokes at it. All right, it is what it is. Made me laugh, but now you did it again this week, so... Who exactly is the exalted one? Or is there two characters that you're trying to portray? I thought it was a little bit much. They probably should have left that alone last night. Um, I'm I'm having a hard time believing that this entire character and this entire story has been built up for somebody just to make fun of Vince. Last week, when I saw the, you know, when I saw the whole sit down eating the steak, I mean, I popped for the sneeze. Did I? I didn't really think that that was the greatest first way for the exalted one to be, you know, to be seen. It it almost seemed like there was this giant buildup, and then we get this comical segment. I was willing to deal with it because it, the sneeze popped the hell out of me. That was, you know, I got everything that they were doing. The sneeze popped me, and I'm like, all right, well, they kind of got their backs up against the wall. Would they have done this if, you know, we didn't have this whole corona thing? Is this the direction they would have gone in? Maybe they have to cut and paste, <clears throat> excuse me, a little bit. So I'm okay with it. Last night, I got it again, and I'm like, really? The, the, the guy, it, It's just meant as a rib on the WWE? Now, maybe, as you said, that you know remains to be seen but what from i'm getting so far i i almost feel like i want to see a different exalted one i and i don't like the fact that he's actually named brody lee i just want to know from the exalted one because if you're just calling yourself the exalted one you're putting yourself up on a pedestal that's higher than anybody else brody lee it kind of it just reminds me of that old school wrestling thing where it's just like you know here's the moniker and then here's the name you know the badass Billy Gunn you know the exalted one Brody Lee but there was just so much build up to the exalted one this guy should walk on water they should be throwing rose petal at his feet when he walks to hear that very human man name of Brody Lee. I'm not saying never call him Brody Lee. I'm saying when the time is right, we could have gotten the name Brody Lee. But I just like the exalted one. That's that's just my take. Do I like what they're doing so far? Yes. Do I love what they're doing so far? No. Am I entertained by it? Yes. I'm I looked at I got to tell you, between Brody Lee um Archer and Jake Roberts right now, I almost feel like I would have rather have seen Jake Roberts be the leader of the Dark Water. Well, you know what? And and listen, to go back to last week, you're right. You weren't completely sold on Brody Lee as uh, part of the Dark or that you know the leader of the Dark Order. Um, you even had questions of whether he should have kept the beard. Should they have, you know, should he have shaved the beard off? Uh, like now you're saying that wasn't me. You're getting bro- me confused with Tommy, probably or Mark. I'm sorry, I, I never said that. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, 
But, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from. And, and I know you're saying that it's a safe answer because I really don't know. I can't get a hand, I can't get a grip on what this is right now. It's almost like a wait and see because maybe this is going to lead to something that we're not expecting. And maybe there's a method to their madness. So even though it's a safe answer, it's almost like you have to wait and see because I don't know exactly what this character is yet because I agree with you with the name. Because when you see Brody Lee, even with the beard, it makes you think of, you know, what we saw with Luke Harper in the WWE, which couldn't be further apart with the character they're trying to portray on AEW television. You're getting these segments where they're poking at Vince McMahon, and then you're getting that exalted one in the ring, which seems to be different than the character you're seeing in that boardroom that's talking to the Dark Order. And you know what? And like I mentioned, and if it was Tommy, I apologize about shaving the beard. It might have been Mark about shaving the beard. Like I said, no, I think that's a bad idea. But now looking at it, if you really want to portray him different and make him forget about who he was, maybe you should have done that. I don't know. But man, bully, what you just said connects the dots and makes a lot of sense to me. When you see the pairing of Jake the Snake Roberts and Lance Archer, which I think is magic. When you look at the way they're presenting Lance Archer right now on AEW television, that's a grand slam. I mean, what they have done with Jake and with Lance Archer and what they did with that vignette, that backyard wrestling, and then what he did last night, man, that should be, I would think, more of what the Dark Order should be than what we're seeing with the Exalted One. Am I wrong? Uh, I, I respect your opinion, and I kind of I see where you're coming from. There is no right or wrong because this is all a question of, you know, chocolate, vanilla, your taste, my mm. taste, anybody else's taste. I'm not going to tell anybody else that they're wrong if they absolutely love Brody Lee and what he's doing so far. God bless you. I got no problem with that. I'm just saying, as as a professional. I'm looking at this more through the wrestler eyes right now of these characters and how they're resonating with me. Like the whole Brody is, maybe it is still too much of that Wyatt family, you know, maybe I'm being reminded too much. I just think that when you do a reveal of a leader of a uh, of a gang of a uh, of, of a faction of, of the dark order if you are the exalted one i want you know i know we can't see a lot of minions cuz of the situation that we're in i don't know if i want to see brody uh, if i ever if i wanted to see a first match from brody lee that first exalted one match i wish they could have held off on I'm gonna. I'm always gonna refer back to maybe because of the situation that we're in, they didn't have a choice and they had to put something on TV. So uh, th- there's not one part of me that thinks that the, the the minds in AEW thought it was a good idea to have the exalted one have a match so quickly because that really doesn't make a lot of sense. I'm sure because of the situation and the gun to everybody's head, they're like, damn it, we just got to put it on TV. We'll advertise it. Hopefully people tune in as they have. But man, like I told you from day one, as great as Archer and Jake are right now, I don't think Archer needs Jake. I think Archer's a great, a good talker on his own. I've seen Lance talk. Brody, as a, as the exalted one, just taking shots at Vince, 
ha ha ha, I get it. It's funny. Nobody's really taking these shots at Vince. So, all right, I'm on board. But am I to believe that this entire gimmick was just for somebody to come in and take shots at Vince? When I sit back and I look at all those three, like I look at them as tools and tools in the toolbox. I'm like, man, what if Jake was the leader of the, you know, the dark order and Jake could be the one. It's almost like I look at Jake as a, um, as the leader of the of the first order in Star Wars, you know, even, like a Palpatine, you know, where he's gathering all of his minions to to you know to to to, to form this, you know, because if anybody's dark, it would be Jake. Jake's got that dark background. Jake could take all these people that meant absolutely nothing and they become his minions. You could see all of these nobodies that are making up the Dark Order. When I say nobodies, these are guys that obviously haven't made a name in the business. But Jake almost bringing them into the Dark Order, kind of like David Koresh in that that cult in Waco, Texas, bringing them all in and say, come with me, my children. Come to the Dark Order. Walk to the light because i am going to lift you up i'm going to do for you what nobody has ever done that's just me and i like what you're saying and where you're coming from bully and the 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 shots at vince mcmahon for this character has to stop you did it the one week it was funny like you got to pop out of it but you can't continue to do that because then you're going to start thinking they only created this character and they did this whole storyline. And this went on long before Luke Harper became a part of AEW. You did all this just to take shots at Vince McMahon. So you did it week one. You did it again last night. But you, I think you would agree, boy, at some point to take this serious, those shots at Vince McMahon needs to stop. Uh, it. It, to me, it doesn't add up to all of the vignettes that happened beforehand. Phenomenal vignettes. Outside of the box thinking. I, I loved everything about the Dark Order from, not from the minute I saw the two guys wrestle in the ring. Because when I saw those first two guys in the Dark Order wrestle, I'm like, I'm not quite sure that these guys belong here. But once they started telling me a story, once the vignette started, once the talk of the Exalted One started, we see all these subliminal messages and, you know, the guy on TV, aren't you tired of being a jobber? Bringing in all of these guys. Man, I was really interested in this whole Dark Order thing. Now it's like, okay, the big reveal. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be Matt Hardy? Is it going to be Brody Lee? Is it going to be this guy, this guy? And now we get the reveal. Okay, it's Brody. And all of this buildup? For a guy that's just going to take shots at Vince, let's take Vince out of the equation. All of this buildup for a guy who's just going to take shots at somebody else, to me, that doesn't add up. You want to give them the benefit of the doubt. You want to say, let's see where this is going. All right, I'll jump on board. But if they continue with this, Dave, where the exalted one is basically... Ju- is a as a guy to take shots at Vince McMahon and take out all of his frustrations 
like, like, like yesterday, we saw him sit down in the vignette and, you know, about the yawning, you know, God forbid you ever yawned in a meeting that Vince was in. Vince would remind you that he worked, you know, 21 hours a day and only slept three hours a night and you would never see him yawn. So much like the rare steak and the sneeze is a, is a rib on Vince, so is the yawning. And I get it. Okay. But are we, is this the way it's going to continue? Because... Is that what, as, as a fan, is that what you want to see? No, it's not. You want to do it one time, that's fine. But if this buildup is just for that, then that's going to completely kill the storyline. It's They got to jump off of that. I'm willing to give it a pass because of what's going on. We'll see where we are two, three weeks. But if we're having this conversation three weeks from now, then I think it's going to be a really, really big problem. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.